The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 343 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is spirituality in caring for mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors. Spirituality is an important source of hope in caring for, for mental illnesses and addictions because medical cure and medical care can be very challenging. It can be very challenging for children, teens, and young adults and their family caregivers because young people aged 15 to 24 are more likely than any other groups to experience mental health problems and addiction problems or just addiction problems. Um, it's also challenging because 70%, percent of mental health problems start during childhood and adolescence and 20% of addiction problems start at age 15 or older. Uh, it's very challenging, all this, for adults and their family caregivers because things like anxiety and depression may be caused by the worries of life, which can be harsh enough, or they may be the results of serious mental illnesses with tragic consequences such as suicide. And there's challenges for individuals of any age and their family caregivers because mental illnesses and addictions may lead the individuals into what's called high-risk behaviors. These are actions and behaviors which put the individual, individuals themselves and others at risk of real harm. And these behaviors also lead the individuals to get involved, along with their family caregivers, with the criminal justice systems. All of which is why our topic, spirituality and caring for mental illnesses, addictions and high-risk behaviors, is so important. To discuss this topic, our guest is Scott Duncan. Now, Scott and Julia Duncan founded Sharing the Burden which operates a 12-step program for all members, all members of troubled families. Their own experience taught them that even when only one family member exhibits symptoms, everyone is affected and needs support. On June 8, 2012, they lost their son, Sean, to an overdose of fentanyl, a pain-relieving medication related to morphine, but much more powerful. 
Sean, with his 20-year history of addiction, and Scott, his father, both participated in 12-step recovery for almost all the 20 years. Scott and Julia recognized that without the 12-step recovery, they would not have achieved the years of intimacy from which they all benefited. Scott thanks God that Sean led him, his dad, to 12-step recovery. So welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you, Gordon. A pleasure to be here. Great. First question for you. Please share with us more of your own story of spirituality and addictions. Scott? Sure. Um, My story, of course, going right back to the uh, beginning, and I'll try to get through this uh, fairly quickly, but uh, I was born to two uh, World War II vets, Mom was an entertainer overseas, and Dad was a uh, in the special services, actually detached to the uh, British, as it were. Anyway, Dad came back with a uh, drinking problem and uh, was married a couple years later. And uh, a year after that, of course, uh, along came Scott. And uh, it didn't take long. I was probably three or four before I recognized, uh, or remember anyway, that the unpredictable and frightful ways that uh, life went on around that home was just not a place for a young person to be. So uh, father's behavior was so uh, frightful that uh, to this day I don't uh, sleep unless there's a soundless house and everybody else is gone for the night. Um, Anyway, this resulted in my own case uh, of uh, a complex form of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which uh, is still uh, treated to this day. Um, Of course, I was a codependent child in no time because uh, oldest of four had to uh, make sure that the harm was reduced to uh, whatever level was possible, and that meant... uh, you know, protecting the uh, the animals and the younger children uh, from my dad's anger, and uh, most importantly, uh, keeping dad and mom's eyes from crossing because uh, if they went at it, the uh, day was surely ruined. So, anyway, that's how it started for me. And of course, uh, the way it goes is I ended up uh, as an adult child of an alcoholic, uh, marrying an adult child of two alcoholics, and. Uh, from that marriage, very quickly, uh, not very quickly, but within a few years, um, came a son named Sean. And uh, Sean had experienced problems from almost from day one. He was one of these gifted kids. He was uh, noticed in school, but he couldn't keep himself out of trouble. And uh, by the time he was 12, uh, he was in into drugs and um, smoking pot and so on, drinking alcohol. Uh, October 92, um, I was down and out and really frustrated with uh, Sean and what was going on and um, entered a a Christian walk. I uh, went to a large convention, uh, heard about uh, people starting a relationship with God, felt the tug in my heart and went forward. And from there on, uh, life changed and was never quite the same. That's a brief story, but that's how it came about. Now, alcohol. I'm going to. Were, I'm just going to stop you there because I want to move to the yeah. next question because it fits perfectly now. Sure. Now, I want you to tell us about your work now with sharing the burden. What do you do? What does it do? Yep, sharing the burden. First of all, as you mentioned uh, earlier, was is a twelve-step program. Um, 
built with the uh, principles of AA's 12 steps, uh, with permission from them. We've adapted and changed them very slightly. But I personally live, eat, and breathe recovery, guiding people to take these steps to freedom, as I call it. And, uh, and I teach them as best I can how to use the tools of the trade, which in our case are the uh, Life Recovery Bible, and, and it's devotional. Um, this Bible was put together, I mean, it's a New Living Translation, but it was purposefully put together with commentators who were addicts themselves and who uh, could speak the language, and being Christians, they were able to draw the parallels. And uh, because the 12 steps actually came from the Bible originally anyway, there was just a natural mix. Um, personally, today, I run four meetings a week for just about uh, every kind of illness imaginable, all mixed together, and uh, basically uh, healing through feeling expression is the way I like best to uh, to describe it. Um, there are times when we go on emergency calls where a family may be in danger from one or other members. Um, but basically, it's uh, it's meeting with these people every week and uh, sharing and sharing some pain to often get the uh, others to feel safe and uh, know that uh, whatever goes on in those rooms stays in those rooms. So, right. But that's the main thing. Like my main job is to draw feeling from people, and when the feeling starts, regardless of the disease, the healing starts as well. So, right, right. Now. That leads me to the question um, that flows. Sharing the burden is a is a, an organization, in effect, because you've already described to us the work you do within it, how you do the work, some of the value of the work. Um, I want you to tell us about your vision for this organization called Sharing the Burden. Where do you want it to go? Scott? First thing, um, Gordon, uh, again, just going quickly back to my, uh, since my son's death, uh, I was given somewhat of a gift in that uh, I was just energized to get out there and share this recovery story. The fact that uh, even though life was so tough during those 20 years, the many, many times we had together by sharing and by understanding this common language of 12-step, if you will, we were able to have a wonderful and intimate and deep sharing relationship that few fathers and sons uh, ever experience. Now, I want to see that type of sharing and healing available absolutely everywhere. I, I see hundreds of groups uh, across the country, and in all small groups, uh, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 max kind of kind of situation. I see them in institutions of all kinds, uh, especially prisons where we have a meeting now, uh, in hospitals, community centers, wellness centers, um, schools, churches, uh, you name it. I see uh, in this vision the uh, what we might call the gathering of the 12-step clans. Now there's 12-step meetings out there for almost everything. I believe there's 300 and some odd different types of meetings uh, for everything from depression to uh, overeating to uh, oh, to gambling and so on and so forth. Um, when these people come together and tell their stories, there's often someone who uses the 12 steps in a certain way who maybe somebody will say who is a gambler, but the way he uses his 12 steps 
is the same way that somebody with an eating problem needs to hear, or they're just not going to catch on. And it's it's just interesting. The wider and wider the sharing, the better it will work. Uh, it will also go a long way to helping remove the stigma attached to to addiction, to mental illness, and to uh, those who are or were incarcerated. And that point about stigma and the kind the kind of um, uh, discrimination that associates with it is unhelpful to the individuals unhelpful to the families and overall unhelpful to society now what you've described to us is a very powerful vision um, we're going to now go into the break um, because this is the time to do it. But we're going to come back and talk much more about where all this is going and how you do it. And uh, in the end, I'm going to be asking you how you're going to actually implement that powerful vision. But anyway, let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Scott Duncan. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca, which is Scott's um, website. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Absurd Psychology. Straight answers without all the bull. Hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life. Supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals. While helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit, you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc.com. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. 
That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Scott Duncan. Our topic is spirituality in caring for mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors. Scott, now let's talk about the types of mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors that get people into detention centers, that's the high-risk behaviors, and that you help with spirituality. So first of all, highlight for us the the types of mental illnesses that you help with spirituality, and Tell us, explain to us why spirituality is so helpful in these situations. Scott? Sure. Well, just to name the um, ones we see most, most often, um, depression, uh, anxiety, um, bipolar, some borderline personality, and uh, once in a while we get uh, some people with the autistic uh, spectrum disorder, uh, formerly more known as Asperger's, I believe, uh, Spirituality, uh, being connected to uh, an understanding of God, simply gives people the sense that, number one, they're not alone, and and it doesn't matter what the uh, illness, whether it's uh, addiction, uh, mental illness, uh, or simply uh, criminal activity, these these. Spiritual aspects of, of life seem to cross all boundaries. Um, by introducing, and in, in a natural way, through the program, as I said, the, the 12 steps come from Scripture. And, uh, you know, the third step, for instance, says we uh, made a decision to turn our will and our, uh, our will and our lives over to the care of God. So uh, just those types of things, just saying these steps, reading about them, and reading about what people have done and how they've changed by doing it. Um, but I think the biggest thing is it comes from prayer. And um, I've, I've mentioned, I believe, in the past that uh, the original uh, program, uh, when people came out to interview someone, they would uh, ask them if they tried everything they could think of, and of course they had, and uh, and if were they willing to go to any lengths. And of course the answer would be uh, yes, and the next thing would be, well, you get down here beside me and we're going to pray. And uh, uh, r- r- particular types of religion or uh, or denominations, none of these things really came into it. Uh, the person would it would follow and would go along, and the guy would say, yeah, well, listen, uh, we'll, we'll pray to my God if you don't have one. And the uh, thing is, we got to get you praying. we got to get you asking for help from something higher than uh, you've been used to asking for help. So... So that that would go, and then there was another form of uh, prayer called two-way written prayer, where the uh, interviewer would uh, simply ask the person to uh, to sit and be a receiver, if you will, and he would uh, pray for help and direction in this man's life, and the man would stop him, and they would ask questions and stop and record. And anyway, long story short, uh, this is a wonderful way of... Uh, directing people uh, where they need to go, and uh, and it works. Right. Now, 
I want you to talk to us to highlight for us the types of addictions you help with spirituality and explain again why spirituality is helpful in these situations. And what I'm after by asking you about types of addictions, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the addiction of interest is focused on alcohol, but there are drugs, um, there are behaviors, there are all kinds of things that people get addicted to. So, please tell us about the types of addictions that you help with spirituality. Scott? Sure. Sure. Well, uh, you, you named the uh, first and, and still biggest one, I believe, but uh, it's alcoholism. But beyond that, uh, drugs of various kinds. I mean, you, you mentioned the fentanyl that uh, killed my, my son. Uh, that's a good example of a, a drug that's a prescribed drug that uh, ends up on the street one way or the other. Uh, so we uh, tend to people like this and their families and caregivers. There's uh, a terrible growth in um, in the sex um, problems and, and mostly related to the Internet. Um, uh, pornography and so on uh, that's that's just going uh, out of beyond imagination uh, we have gamblers um eating disorders um i like to think of any form of dependency beyond beyond normalcy as uh, someone who fits into the category of an addict of one sort or another and there and of course there's a codependency the uh for instance you talked about uh, Sean and uh and, and myself in, in your intro, and uh, I, I'm a codependent in that uh, I was addicted to trying to fix my son. So he was the dependent, and I was the codependent or co-addict in a sense. And uh, so this this covers a wide range, including all of the caregivers we keep talking about. Now, many and and most, as a matter of fact, uh, addicts who I know have more than one one particular uh, form of addiction. Uh, many alcoholics have uh, sex problems uh, and uh, many will transfer addiction into workaholism, which is uh, the ones who look successful. They uh, end up kicking the, uh, the habit of drug or booze and uh, turns out that they become people who just work nonstop and, and in reality, don't really get well. They're better for society and better for a lot, but uh, the work is the ism that replaces the uh, drug. So, and you're right uh, to to attend to these people and to give them uh, spirituality uh, again through the steps. It, it just it just gives them that extra chance. It gives them that new relationship. It, it allows them to hear other people who've done it for longer. Um, and beyond that, the uh, scripture and storytelling um, opens opens men up, especially the ones who end up in, in behind bars, um, by showing a picture of my son and uh, telling uh, my story and uh, that I visited him in places like this, uh, young men just like you guys. And uh, that softens guys up enough to talk, and when they share, all the difference in the world, so... Sharing yeah. feelings of spirituality, I, how God helped me in my life. Uh, you know, speaking of youth, uh, there's much in common to uh, almost every sort of uh, dependency or addiction. Uh, the uh, former lives, uh, the young lives with their parents are, have a lot in common. So uh, 
hope that answers some of that question there, Gordon. Yeah, yes, it does. Now, I want you to highlight for us the types of high-risk behaviors that get people into detention centers. This is what you were just talking about, where, you know, there are young people, young adults, who you show the photograph to of your son, and that then, and these are not your words, they're more mine, that opens them up to a conversation with you and the ideas Mm -hmm. of spirituality. So please tell us more about the way in which spirituality helps the people who you meet in the detention centers. Scott? Yep. Well, uh, to answer the first part of the um, uh, domestic incidents, um, spouses being hurt, children being hurt, uh, uh, jealousy-type situations, uh, but everything from the simplistic to the armed robbery to the accidental murder are the types of people I see. And uh, murder in a blackout situation, uh, you know, drugged and uh, drugged up people who don't even know what they did and will really never experience uh, remorse beyond uh, something someone puts in their head because they, they, they will never remember what even happened. So those are the people, the type of people who end up in there. Um, they end up incarcerated without bail in many cases. And uh, what I find interesting is most of these are not spiritual people of any sort. Uh, that's not total, but most of them aren't. But the ones who will come out to a meeting are the ones who want to change. And they welcome prayer. And they, to be honest, couldn't care less who I was praying to, where I was coming from, or... Uh, you know, whether I was a Christian or a Buddhist or uh, or believed in the world of Islam, it made no difference. Uh, and I've prayed with all of these different types of people, and uh, these people feel the value and the uh, spiritual depth of prayer in, in a way that uh, people without such serious problems don't seem to be able to experience. Um, And if possible, again, sharing of deep personal pain uh, creates not only this uh, opening up, as you mentioned, but uh, it creates a team. I mean, they're in orange and I'm not, but we, whether it's three, four, five, six, we become a team while we're in there and uh, we're able to express love by uh, simply being equals uh, in a a place that's uh, very uncomfortable. So uh, I always... uh, Used the slogan, but for the grace of God, and uh, you know, you guys have orange, and I'm in blue, and I'm leaving tonight. But that's simply, but for the grace of God. Otherwise, there go I, just as you. Um, and inviting them uh, while they're in there to, when, upon release, to find me and come to our meetings uh, is another way that uh, that seems to go a long way to toward uh, introducing and keeping them into the spiritual aspect of uh, life which makes all the difference I believe Would you go so far as to say that the spirituality and the way that you're supporting it and the way in which you're sharing it with these young adults in detention centers is actually generating hope for them? Would you say that? Absolutely, absolutely uh, It's hard to explain but to see these fellows come in, and I mean, uh, I was in there last night, and one 
fellow uh, told me of a new addiction that he uh, had that I hadn't heard of earlier in conversations and that he'd, uh, he was addicted to Valium, Valium as well as uh, opiates, which he was coming off of on a methadone reduction program. But the, uh, the wisdom of the institution was to, you know, to allow one um, addiction to not flourish, but stay alive while they worked on another. So they were reducing the methadone and allowing the, uh, allowing the, uh, the other drug. Um, interesting, though, uh, when they sit down with us, and by the time they leave, there's no question they feel far more hopeful. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about hope. Uh, the, the, the identification via feelings, when they start expressing every one of them, understands what the other guy is talking about and uh it, it's this identification is by the way what we at sharing the burden achieve through sheer expression of feelings and uh, it goes beyond the type of illness and uh whether you're talking a mental illness or uh, or addiction uh, these people can share in a way that they they can become this little team for a short time um Scott, I'm going to have to interrupt you there because of yep. the tyranny of time, because we have Fair to take enough. the break, but we are coming back. So we'll take yep. the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Avery, and my guest is Scott Duncan. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Question, what's working and what's not working in your life? Though we resolve each year to do things differently and we want what's great for our businesses, our relationships, our health, and more, we don't always know where to turn when life gets tough. That's where Leading Life Large with host Rob Braun comes in. Our show challenges you to reevaluate where you are and keep pushing your way to the success you desire. If you want it bad enough, we can help you turn your life around. Leading Life Large airs Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadek to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. 
That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Scott Duncan. Our topic is spirituality in caring for mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors. Uh, Scott, now let's talk about the ways you organize and provide the help of spirituality for the types of mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors that you've been talking about. So first of all, please tell us about the ways you organize and provide the help um, of spirituality, um, where predominantly the people you're helping are those or their family caregivers with the kind of mental illnesses you've been describing. Scott? Well, the first thing I tell uh, inmates, especially when we're going through the meeting format, and the meeting format is always is always the same. It's the introduction of the uh, of the program, sharing the burden and where it fits, where it comes from. Um, it is the uh, relaying of the 12 steps and the uh, promises, which uh, we believe come true if the program is followed, and uh, and then into uh, sharing and uh, and topics, topics that are fitting the situation. But uh, identification via feelings, as I, as I said before, is is the is the key. I find in every case. Um, the, the group support is almost instant. It just takes one person to uh, share from the heart, and uh, and people know, uh, especially the people in uh, in the prison situation. They know in an instant if you're real or or not. And uh, the not so much ones don't get much comeback. In other words, they'll come to one meeting and never come back. We're we're having great success with the return of uh, the same guys. As a matter of fact, we can't get off of one floor because we've uh, got so many requests to go back to it every time. Um, one thing we have to do is remove the blame from the caregiver. And in order to get to a caregiver, especially uh, of somebody who is in prison, is uh, through the prisoners, through the inmate. And uh, one of the first things we tell them is you must Contact home and uh, tell them of your hope and tell them that the person giving the meeting um, expressed that they could benefit every bit as much as we could. And, uh, you know, you can get to one of these meetings anytime you want. Um, your anonymity is protected. Uh, and as I say, uh, you'll you'll do the same things we do, but uh, feelings cross all boundaries and... Uh, and we can all get healthy together as a family. And um, there's never any pressure to share. This is a key part of the uh, of the system. Um, there's always time. There's ample time for each. Uh, the, the chair would coordinate that. Um, so there's equal sharing time and uh, and and special pair where required. So uh, again, we, we we rely on these slogans quite often, uh, Gordon and. Uh, and the slogans keep bringing it back to spirituality. The main ones are like, let go and let God, and but for the grace of God, and, uh, you know, live and let live uh, one day at a time. And my favorite, the big stop sign that just says stop, stop everything, stop processing. Uh, if you're emotional, 
just stop the processing, get some space, then come back, practice a few slogans, and maybe get back into a conversation with somebody. Otherwise, stay away. So, Right. Very, very powerful. Yeah. Now, I want you to talk to us about the ways you organize and provide the help of spirituality for individuals and their family caregivers for the various types of addictions we've discussed. Scott? Okay. Well, I think I've probably given you a lot of that in the in the last one, but let's um, talk a little here about the uh, talking to the addict and the uh, in, and it could be the caregiver at the same time. But as I say, where we're talking mostly about the incarcerated, uh, in terms of uh, as I'll be explaining topics that would we would use with the inmates um, and. Ones that I find work really well um, usually have to do with uh, with their youth, with the way with the way they've been brought up. Uh, commonality comes out almost immediately. Um, so we're, we're organized again in the same way. We the format is exactly the same. But when it comes to topic time, uh, beyond reading a daily. Uh, commentary that uh, comes from the daily devotional. Beyond that, we would go into a topic such as, uh, you know, what was your youth like? And again, I would tell my story of a uh, alcoholic father and uh, a lot of frightening moments. And, uh, you know, they just see me now as an older man with uh, a young fellow just like them who died from these drugs. And uh, and when I express these things, uh, that these guys immediately open up, and uh, and that's another place where age is that boundary is crossed almost immediately when you talk of what it was like being a young fellow and uh, and of the abuse and the rage and this kind of thing. And most of them have, have experienced the same as I have. And as soon as one of those fellows start talking, the others come in, and uh, and the first thing you know, you're again the, the team is alive and. And vibrant, and uh, and they, they've never had a chance to get this stuff out, and, and uh, you know, short of therapy outside, they they never will. So, and then we work with, um, you know, a step a month. Uh, in other words, there are twelve steps, but you can be working on any one uh, any month, uh, and and get a all kinds of growth and healing and health out of it. I mean, the, the first step is recognition of a problem, and the last one, number twelve, is sharing the uh, sharing the program with people and everything in the middle is about uh, deep uh, inventories moral inventories uh, restitution and building a relationship with God so um, right I guess a lot now, of it has to do. yep go ahead. go ahead I was just going to say I just want to ask you now um, yep. a question that's outside the detention centers and the high risk okay. behaviors that you've been talking about let's yep. talk now about People, individuals with mental illnesses and their family caregivers. Talk, talk to us about the ways in which you organize and provide the help of spirituality for them, the individuals, and for their family caregivers. Scott? Okay. Um, talk a little bit about the family caregiver. Um, again, what got me into 12-step was the fact that I had a son who was in trouble with addiction. Um, I joined a program called Al-Anon, which is for families, friends, associates uh, of alcoholics in that case. Uh, so Al-Anon taught me that uh, I had to learn 
not to enable, in other words, to love but to detach from the uh, from the habit, to, to love the boy and hate the disease and, uh, and and a whole bunch of other things like that. But the the main focus was on my illness. I had become ill trying to fix my boy, and uh, this is noticed immediately. And what was really interesting was the women who formed the first 12-step co-group, if you will, um, went to meetings with their husbands, usually because they had to drive for them. But um, it was found that after a couple of years of listening to meetings, that they took the same 12 steps, went off on their own, and with those 12 steps, they were able to find uh, peace, recovery, and, and new hope. So uh, so it worked perfectly that way. Um, the, the types of mental illness uh, have a lot to do with the, the topics you may bring up. Uh, um, you know, anger is often an issue, and, and a good topic, by the way. Uh, very few don't experience it, I find. And, uh, and underlying pretty much every addiction that I come across it lies some form of a combination of anxiety and depression and the uh, and, and prayer, prayer and the simple taking of the steps. And I, I want to harp on that a little. Um, the steps are in a, in a perfect order. I believe they were God-given, uh, uh, and they need to be followed that way. And you need to, they need to be taken, number one, number two, number three, number four. Now, we could spend our lifetimes reading about them, but taking them and reading about them is two different things. In other words, uh, the person taking them is connecting and uh, standing up and taking responsibility and so on and so forth. Uh, and, of course, what's really key in a lot of this is how aware the person with the uh, mental illness, for instance, is of his, uh, of his problem. Uh, the, the caregiver is another story when it comes to that, but uh, there are you know, certain um, diseases which are, are beyond uh, what we can do. And I shouldn't say beyond. Uh, you know, we can pray for them and provide the same spiritual hope, but we can't uh, sit sometimes and reason with them. And uh, there are certain fellows with uh, bipolar or uh, borderline personality who, if, if the medication doesn't happen to be clicking properly at the time, are, are, are difficult. But uh, when the fact that nothing is really asked of them or demanded of them, that they can just listen. And I mean, people have come to our meetings and listened for six months. Uh, before they shared, and uh, and when they finally shared, they were able to become not only members but often leaders in the organization. So, uh, works the same way for everyone, and uh, very few are disqualified. Uh, I've never had to kick anyone out of a meeting in the, in the twenty years I've been involved in twelve steps. So, yeah. Now you mentioned a recovery for. I'm going to call them family caregivers, the, the wives of the alcoholics in the early days. Yep. This idea of recovery for family caregivers, I just want to make a quick comment. Yep. Family caregivers go through enormous stress and strain. They exhaust themselves psychologically, physically, and very often financially. Yep. Um, therefore, they feel guilty if they're not doing that. that that's mm -hmm. one of the big problems. They burn themselves out. And yeah. so the sense that, I'm not going to say they're ill, but the sense that recovery 
is something that they can achieve through what you're doing is a very important message for family caregivers. In other words, there are ways in which they too can have hope. They too can get uh, some kind of peace and the way in which they too can get that sense of hope and healing, which you, I think, are conveying so very well. So that's just a comment from me, but it's yeah. something that one of these days I might like to follow up with you again. But mm-hmm. time, time is um, dictating to us again, so we're going to have to take the break, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Scott Duncan. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Master your reality and manifest your desires effortlessly. Listen to The Trivetti Effect to find out how raising your level of consciousness can totally transform every aspect of your life. Hosted by Mahendra Kumar Trivedi with Trivedi Master Alice Branton. Our program will spotlight the nearly 4,000 documented scientific studies that have proven the transformational impact of this energy extends beyond humans to all living and even non-living matter. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Scott Duncan. Our topic is spirituality in caring for mental illnesses, addictions, and high-risk behaviors. Now, I want to ask you, Scott, please, to talk about what lies ahead of you in bringing your vision to achievement. Scott, how are you going to work, first of all, with other organizations that also see the value of spirituality? Scott? 
Well, the first thing uh, we'll meet, uh, I'll meet with absolutely any organization uh, that is spiritual in nature and, uh, and and who is catering to someone who is, you know, outside the healthcare system, if you will, and, uh, you know, and together we'll work to bring hope and uh, that's so needed to so much of society that uh, suffers from these diseases we've been talking about and really has no hope unless we can provide some spiritual hope that'll keep them until uh, research and so on does its job and we we know we need that but we don't know how long it's going to take so uh, you know creating creating awareness to the appropriate professionals uh, saving millions for governments is another key uh, right and, right you know, now, I'm going to, talking of money, I'm now going to ask you, how are you going to raise sufficient funds to achieve your vision, which is a big vision, and what are you going to actually use the funds for? Scott? Yeah, well, the first thing, uh, to bring Sharing the Burden's dream to a fundraising expert with knowledge of recovery, key, key, key. Um, the necessity to create uh, hundreds of sharing healing groups is, is crucial. They're needed now. They're needed today. So uh, something that would naturally happen and take uh, 30 years cannot do that anymore. We need, we need help now. 12-step meetings, once established, are self-supporting. To get them going, to hire the, uh, the professional facilitators, to train same, um, to utilize to the max the uh, Internet capabilities, um, the online and availability of tools uh, that would uh, give persons the opportunity and ability to actually start meetings uh, without physical hands-on, at least get them going. Uh, we'll need experienced 12-step members to train facilitating positions and and to be able to afford them and to be able to afford to send them where they're needed. We want to <clears throat> to project our messages far and wide using the best technology out there with video streaming and internet radio. Uh, you know, we've, we want to go coast to coast and we want to be consistent and, uh, and that's how we're going to spend the money and uh, we're going to need a handful of it. Right. Now, I just want to um, get you to say a little bit more about the savings for the healthcare system. We're talking money um, and your providing spirituality which creates mm-hmm. hope even when from a medical point of view and I'm speaking as a retired physician um, mm-hmm. so far as medical care goes there isn't very much hope it's the, the prognosis is not good yet you are able to create hope so what do you want to say to government about the value of the services you're providing well, I think one key thing is um the fact that people who join 12-step, and I'm going across the board now to all of them that exist, um, people who join 12-step usually spend you know, one, two, three, four years, maybe more for some people, uh, really going into themselves. They do exhaustive moral inventories and, uh, you know, and, and with restitution, with making amends to all of their past and so on, clearing the records of the past as they uh, claim to be doing. Um, while they're doing this, they uncover the key areas that may need uh, professional expertise. Uh, they've done so much work that if done by the medical system, would have cost thousands, hundreds of thousands. So uh, 
money saved by by people finding where they may need help. And 51% of people who come to 12-step eventually nail down an area and go for professional help, and I believe save the government a phenomenal amount of money through this process so that we don't claim to uh, fix them, but we get them to a place where if a professional is needed, we know which one to go to. So there's a liaison with the healthcare system, and I guess it's social workers, doctors, specialized nurses, and those kinds of people. And so that's very much an interaction with a healthcare system. And I'm going yeah. just to make a comment back to you. I, I think that's important, and I think work is going to be required to convince government particularly of the value of all of this because government gets a little bit nervous as we all know when mm-hmm. they're called into situations which they may regard as bringing religion into the picture yeah. um, you're not you're bringing hope you're bringing spirituality into the picture and there are all kinds of versions of spirituality so mm-hmm. that's another topic that we perhaps should um, do an episode on now my mm-hmm. very final question to you is this what's your message to any of our listeners who want to help you with funding or join with you in any other way scott well first and foremost uh support us in the uh social media arenas uh, like our facebook pages uh, go on to our website uh, www.sharingtheburdenradio.org uh, join our blog comment uh, we want to put together a call-in radio show heard far and wide with life recovery stories. Uh, as I say, we want consistency. Uh, I see, I foresee area conferences with wider sharing, uh, leadership seminars across the continent, uh, internet guidance for starting meetings, and uh, sharing the burden known, sharing the burden known as the safe place to heal and grow. Small growth. Groups building esteem and hope in the marginalized of every sort. Uh, help us by connecting with us, learning about us, by coming to meetings, uh, by telling us where meetings are needed. Uh, a myriad of ways. Just get in touch with us, get connected, and uh, I believe God will do the rest. Excellent. Um, I'm just going to say one quick, quick thing back to you. You, mm-hmm. by using all the systems of the internet. Uh, you can connect with people from coast to coast, but you can also create places where people can go and meet. And that's a very powerful new model because they're all connected mm-hmm. together, but yep. they're very local as well. And that's profoundly important. Now, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this very powerful and very important episode. So first of all, thank you very much to Scott for sharing with us all that you have, your own experience, your insights and your advice and with sharing the burden all success to you in every aspect of this work because it's important. I want to say thank you to our listeners, we'd like to hear your comments on this episode now with Family Caregivers Unite we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you, our listeners think about important topics such as the one we've just been listening to so please email me if you're interested in learning more or getting involved our next episode will be 
online support for family caregivers caring for mental health challenges. So please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.